don't do it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, what is the crack? Welcome back to episode 36 of the What is the Crack podcast. As always, you are joined with me, Phil and Sam. See if we can do that now because we're on video. In the hot seat, but so. We hope you... How, how are you, my friend? Are you good? I am underwhelmingly well. You? I'm bloody fantastic, me. Chipper. Well, we know who you are. We won't Chip, talk about that. Chipperson. Mr. Chipper Rooney. I uh, am No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm in a great mood. I'm in a great mood. I want to talk about fights because what a, what a card UFC Vegas Yeah, I mean, was. we were, to be honest, Phil, we were a nightmare. We said how terrible it was going to be, apart from the main event. Um, yeah, it was the laziest. It was... Look, disclaimer and apology. This what we did the laziest card breakdown last week because it was funny, though, so. we were just talking all this negative bollocks and it really like we were jaded by the time it came around to fucking discussing the card itself. So this time we're back energized because it was unbelievable. Oh, disgusting, disgustingly good. I mean, look, top to bottom, that card was just fun. Um, a couple of you know, there's obviously going to be your classic lull fights that are in there. But honestly, I think there was 10 fights on this card. And I reckon I could rewatch seven of them. You know, it's one of those events where usually I can rewatch one or two and be like, fucking hell, what? You know, I need to check this bit here. I need to look at that. I need to, I'll really make sure if there's a points issue or whatever, you kind of want to watch it back and go, oh, here's this. But this card, I, I could watch most of it happily again and again. But well, again, we'll go into it in a moment. But fuck yeah. me. Great, great card overall. Yeah, well, we're going to get, obviously, we go top to bottom. Uh, mm. You know the drill. But um, we're going to go straight into the main event, which I've watched. I think I've watched it four times now. <laughs> but Dustin Poirier defeats Dan Hooker by unanimous decision. Two judges had a 48-47. One judge had 48-46. Fight of the year, uh, without question. Just I don't understand that 48-46. Yeah, it's harsh, isn't it? Are they giving a 10-8 to Poirier in one of those rounds? I, I believe it would have been, I think it was the third that was scored as the 48-46. I mean, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't agree with it. There's, um, not, there's not one of those rounds that I would say any of it was a 10-8. I mean, there are rounds, that, and we'll go into it, that are more you know, one-sided than another. But not one of them is a ten eight. So again, the judging's fucking mental before we even start off on this fucking fight. But it always let's, is. Let's put that to the side because the right person won essentially at the end of this anyway. So there's yeah. no there's no issues, yeah. no split decisions, no anything. It was the perfect result really for what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, look, if it wasn't, I'd be talking about this as fight of the year, right? I'd be sat here if we hadn't have had Joanna Zhang Weili this year. That's the only thing that's keeping it from being fight of the year. It's literally, and that's one of the fights of the fucking ever. Do you know what I need to do? I need to go back and watch. You need to watch them one after the other. I think two of them are like this, and it's just, it's like Sophie's choice. Do you know what I mean? For me, it's it's bringing me to tears. I can't pick, I can't pick one of my children. The Joanna one was just purely because it just didn't Damage. stop at any second and it was yeah, just true. pure violence and just whatever. But I mean, this is similar. There was 
a few lulls in action because they were both knackered. I assume the conditioning has been a bit off during these corona times and whatever. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, Justin lives in Florida, so there's probably no issue there at all because they just do what they want in Florida. They're a law upon themselves, really. But look, let's just go through it first round. First round. Well, what I'd say, what, what, yeah, yeah. So we were talking uh, earlier, just obviously uh, in preparation for this, but. I said to you, did you have it? Did you have it a draw going into the final round? Because I was kind of, I had it, uh, I had it Poirier up. Yeah, same. Um, but I definitely would have given the first round to Dan Hooker. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those where it looked like Dustin just really wasn't getting off. He just kind of was a bit slow starting that first round. He was trying to get on the inside, but then moving back out. And when he was moving back out, Hooker was catching him every single time he went back out. So basically Hooker was hitting him on the way in and on the way out, he was getting double what Dustin was, you know, in kind of output. And then second round, Dustin, I mean, the moment he came out, he turned it up. He he fucking went at him. And I think for three and a half, four minutes, he really went at Hooker. And I would have said, if it wasn't for the last minute or so of Hooker being dominant, you definitely call that a Dustin Poirier round. And the only yeah. reason you can go back and forth with it is because of that last mm. minute. And to be fair, had he been given another 10 seconds, Hooker probably wins that fight by stoppage. You know, that's, yes. that, that's, that's how this fight was. It was crazy. Um, yeah, but yeah that's I, why... I still thought, I still thought when I was watching it, I was watching it there, I mm. thought Poirier won that round still. And I'll need to go yeah, back and watch it again yeah. to make sure. But I, I, after watching the second round, I thought, oh, Poirier's is 1-1 here. Mm-hmm. And then the third Poirier, to, I mean, the third is the by far and away the easiest round to score in the whole thing. Poirier won that round. He got takedowns. Yeah. Lit him up yeah. the whole time. Did what he, I mean, he, he outstruck him by, let me have a quick look. He didn't outstruck him by that much, apparently, but... No, it was it's close. Like eight, I, nine shots, when, I see but... it, when I watch it again today, I actually was surprised with how close it actually was. And some yeah, of the I, but, uh, I, I thought that what was I, a... What I'd, say was, but... what I'd say was just in the second round, like the two of them, the two of them went go for Baroque. Like, uh, the first round, it took Poirier a while to kind of get going for me. He kind yeah. of got going within the third round. Um, and then he took over from there for me in the second. Um, then towards the end, the last minute, I thought Hooker was putting putting it together and he nearly did get the finish uh, well, which is why I kind of was toying with the idea of being a, being a draw going into the last round um, yeah. but I felt maybe it was just a little bit too little too late the third round Poirier definitely took over and put the pressure and definitely well, put definitely put the pace on Hooker. The thing that I was going to say is well, even when Hooker took him down so Hooker's, Hooker took him down to kind of you know obviously stifle that attack because uh, he was getting little quite badly in the third. And Poirier off his back just was going for submission after submission. He just looked slick. He waited to the right moment, pushed his head down, got straight back up. You know, that Justin Poirier for me is it's such a shame that he's in Khabib's division. You know, when you look at his skill and his talent level, I mean, fuck me, the poor guy, he'd be one of the greats if it wasn't for, you know, Khabib with a minute. But he, then. Well, t- to be honest, you say that about every lightweight fighter know, in that division. They're just unlucky they're in with such a phenomenal I just, I think those guys are lucky and unlucky to be in that division because we are seeing what are basically classic fights of all time happening constantly in that division. I would say, I would say, yeah. If, like, obviously we never see yeah. the return of Connor 
Uh, but I would say that a rematch between Khabib and Poirier, you have to say that tenderness and that kind of nervousness about being taken down for Poirier would just be gone. Maybe. But then again, you saw him in the middle of that fight and he just said, there's nothing I can do. And when you're, you know, when you're I know, being but, but for that's, five but rounds. That, uh, but that fighting style from Khabib is just, it's like an avalanche. It just, it makes you stop in your own game and yeah. think like, oh, well, what the fuck? But well, surely think... a rematch, like when he, if he, if, he get, if he makes it to a rematch, I think next for him would be Tony. Which would I be... mean, I, I don't want to see that Tony fight. It's... I want to see it. I don't want to see it because that's, I just want to see it. that's just purely lighting up Tony for fucking five rounds, to be honest. And who doesn't want to see that? Look, after what happened in the last fight with Tony... What, do you want I don't want to retire? see him take a second bit. No, give him another fight in between. Cut give him, him who, though? Give him who? Anyone lower down than Dustin fucking Poirier. Ah, fuck that. Anyone. Give him Paul Felder. That'd be a fucking phenomenal fight. It'd be good, but, you know. I want to see, because Poirier's not going to... Look, the title fight is when? September? Khabib wins, probably. Look, let's, do, let's not sugarcoat it. Probably wins, right? And then when does Khabib fight again? Next year? Gage going to knock out Khabib, and that's the hardest take I'll ever have in my life. Listen, I want that more than anything. More <laughs> than anything, I want that. But we, we know what happens. Anyway, let's get back to this fight before we go further onto the lightweight situation. So third round, Poirier comes out. Submission of 10, submission of 10. He's just fucking going for it, you know. Then fourth round... Fourth round, he outstrikes him by double almost, I think, in that round. Uh, it wasn't a high-volume round of strikes, but it was still decent enough. Mm-hmm. Hooker starts going for the takedowns again. Poirier gets one of his own. He's still going for submissions off his back. It's all this sort of thing. Poirier, to me, clear winner again in that round. And then fifth round, again, I didn't... Hooker just looked, by this point, done. You know, And he was going for takedown to takedown, and it wasn't working. I think he got one out of six, immediately reversed, Hooker was just done by this point. And I think uh, yeah, it's a when, lot of people said it was 2-2 at that point. I mean, you said it was 3-1, you know. Uh, I thought we, I had 3-1, but 2-all, to be honest, if you scored a 2-all, I'm, I'm not mad at no. you. Like. No, I wouldn't be able to say about that at all. And I think I was kind of, when I was watching it and I was seeing all the tweets live, you know, it's like, oh, 2-2 two, two there, or uh, I think it's 2-1 two, to, to Hooker after the third. I was like, what the fuck are these people talking about? But yeah, on reflection, it seems fair after you know, kind of looking through it again and see what's going on. But Poirier, man, I mean, what he's shown in the last couple of years is that real championship quality where when it comes to the fifth round, he doesn't step off the gas. And that's the difference between him and Hooker. You know, Hooker in the last two rounds was looking defeated, to say the least. And, I mean, he was fucking, he was game. you have to say, 100%, like you can, like one thing you can never take away from Hooker from this fight is his toughness. And a lot of his haters really need to kind of show him a bit of respect for that. Um, Never in a boring fight. Look, you, I don't like him. We could about say, this. but you could say that it was fresh pastures for Hooker championship rounds. Like, no, because he. I know he's. I know he's had it. I know. He's, I, I know. I know he's fought there before, but against. I, I wouldn't against, say it's fresh pastures. Against, yeah, but against championship caliber. What I would say is, you know first of all. Paul Felder won that fight, so we'll stop there and we'll we'll leave that over. But 
We'd have a very different fight on our hands. And could you imagine Paul Felder versus Poirier? How good that motherfucker would be as well. This is the thing. Like, I think Felder deserves a chance at that now because mm. I think he won that fight and he's talking about retirement. Well, okay, let's well, he, give him a Poirier. Well, he, he literally tweeted you the fight. I will, well, I'll come out for you. And you're telling me that you would want to eat either see the rematch or B, see him versus Poirier. 100% I'd watch those fights any day of the fucking week. They are phenomenal mm. fights to make. And I think Felder, I think he's using the retirement thing because obviously he's got the, the commentary thing as a backbone. He doesn't need to earn money through fighting anymore. He probably earns more just sitting on a desk talking about fighting than he does actually fighting. So I get what, you know, I get where he's coming from, but that guy's a savage. And I keep seeing videos of him training and pictures and stuff. And I'm thinking that motherfucker's, he's, right, he's, he's gearing for another. He can't put it down. Like he can't, he can't, he can't, he can't leave that alone. He's a violent piece of shit and he loves it. Right. I'll say it to you. Um, did, oh, actually, before I say it, before I go there, um, didn't you just love the end of that fight? Two of them fucking square enough. Yeah. Fucking it was like, uh, go on, lads. Go on, and lads. Then, Sixth round. Fuck it. And then Dustin, you know, at the end of the fight, goes up to him and says, that was a great fight. Keep working and you'll get there. And Hooker kind of yeah. laughed it off. Hooker was like, <laughs> you know. I think he was, but, I think Hooker was a bit just like, what you want, like, you know, but a bit delirious. The awareness of Justin Poirier after that fight already, he knows that he's, he, he's won it, but he's nicked it at the same time. That's the thing. Poirier knows that his, his experience, his championship experience, everything else has come into play in that fight. And that's and he what done and it the, late, he done it late enough to be fresh in the judge's mind. And what's beautiful as well is that he goes to his opponent that they've just had a fucking ruckus throwdown for 25 minutes. They stare down at each other at the end of the fight. Love he it. looks like he's oh, going for man. the one. And then he still has the wherewithal to go to him and say, great respect. Just keep yeah. working hard. You'll be a champ. You know, keep doing yeah. your thing. Keep doing your thing. And I think that's why I love Dustin Poirier. Not, not just all the fight for, forgotten, all the fucking He's just a class he act. He's just class. He's a great man, and I think we do a lot better with him as a champion than we would as Khabib representing mm. the sport. Yeah. You know, and it's it would it would Khabib talks all he wants, but he's earned a hundred million given none of it to charity. What? What? Yeah, that's a that's a topic for another day. But yeah, no, I was literally I was the just play guy when they squared up. I was like, <laughs> 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 uh, right, I'll say it to you there. What's next for both, and we'll move on. So Poirier, such a such a hard thing to look at because obviously he lost to Khabib in his last fight, took nine months off. He says he wants six months off now because he got used to hanging out with his kid and doing whatever. I think, look, Tony Ferguson, Paul Felder, they're the two that I'm looking at. Yeah, they're both off losses. However, Ferguson was the number one contender for nine years and Paul Felder didn't actually lose that fight and he's just beaten the guy that Felder lost to. You know, So I think... If we're looking at realistically, because Gaethje's going out, eh, Connor's not doing anything, fucking whatever. I think they're the two fights that make sense for me, and I, I, I'd like to see the one to be honest. But give him a bit of time, for, give Tony a bit of time as well, and, and do whatever. So this is this is for Poirier, you're saying, yeah? It's Poirier, sorry, yeah. And, and for now, Hooker, and now for Hooker, for Hooker, I mean, where does he go, Charles Oliveira? You know, do you give Charles Oliveira that chance to kind of go up and do it? I don't know. <laughs> do I want to see Kevin Lee get killed again? Yes, I do. But is yeah, it I fair? Think, Probably I think, not. I think Hooker fucks up Kevin Lee. Well, yeah, that's the other thing as well. You don't want to see it because what does Lee struggle with? People are at a range and Hooker 
keeps that range very well. And you can see that in the first two rounds of the Poirier fight. He uses that so effectively, and then he gets tired, and he just goes all the way down. You know, it, it's how he gets sucked into these brawls and stuff. It's weird. But, yeah, for me, I'd like to see Charles Oliveira or Diego Ferreira, someone like that, you know, coming up the division. Hooker's just holding that five now. He's kind of there. Or a Paul Felder rematch. I wouldn't give a shit. That's the, they're six and five. It was close the first time. Give Felder the fucking home advantage this time. See what happens. Either way, that will never be a boring fight. Never no, in the history. No way. And uh, Oliveira, never a boring fight as well with that kid. So either mm-hmm. one of those I'd love to see. But Hooker just needs to kind of go back to the drawing board a little bit. Work on his conditioning. Massively work on his conditioning and go from there, I think. Okay, grand. No deal. Um, so we'll move on. Um, <laughs> to Man... I must say, just before I, I'll just intro it then, but Mike Perry defeats Mickey Gall by unanimous decision, 29-28 on all three judges' scorecards. I love Mike Perry. He is fucking hilarious. Uh, what can you say about him? <laughs> Look, he... he listen, Nobody can I, say it. <laughs> I think, so people, people can laugh at people like him and Diego Sanchez. Now, Diego Sanchez is a laughable situation because the coach that he's got in his corner. And he's been absolutely had. Now, Mike Perry, on the other hand, has changed the course of how he does his camps, right? And he is looking for a camp. But he said, you know what? Mm. Fuck all you lot. He's like, you lot tell me you're going to make me a champion. You tell me you're going to make this happen. I'm going to win this fight. I'm going to do this fucking thing. Well, fuck all of you. I'm going to put it together myself. And I'm going to have my girlfriend in the corner because I don't have to pay her. (laughs) So, like, you know, he doesn't have to have three corner men paying them all 10 grand to come out and fucking do it. Like, it's... You know, it's insane, the concept of it. They earn 50k a fight and spend 30 grand on the fucking call of it. I loved, I loved It's fucking his, stupid. I loved his post fight. And he was just like, I don't want to be the guy who's like, I'm not looking to get more pay. I'm just looking for the government to not take so much of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I fought overseas, they took all my money. And then yeah. I come back here, they want like, some money. When Mike Perry gets paid, y'all get paid. <laughs> and that... He's a caricature. I love him. I think he's hilarious. Uh, I know, I obviously, think, he's had his little, you know, controversial moments with, well, a, certain, I think he, with a certain liberal use of a word, but he's fun. Like, he's a character. And he's a character, and personalities are needed in the sport, in my opinion. Yeah. And he, fair play. Like, he, they said, uh, just, uh, sorry not to cut you off there, right. but um, even in the post fight interview, and Brett Akamano was asking. Uh, what is her name? Latoya Garcia is his girlfriend. Latori Gonzalez, I think. The corner, who was the corner woman, uh, and she was saying she wrestled for seven years and she does a bit of boxing. She's got more experience than fucking half of MMA Twitter, anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, one hundred percent, she's got more experience than those fucking daft idiots. But look, it, it worked out. What can we say? All I can say is Mickey Gall does not belong in the UFC. I've said it before, and I will say it again and again and again. Right, let's, does not belong let's, there. Right? Let's talk about the fight, because in a weird way, if he didn't grab the fence, toys, I'd feel sorry for him, because I think he looked, he looked a bit improved in that fight, especially I'm from sorry. his last fight as well. I thought his striking looked okay, but I thought Mike, like Mike Perry just showed he's just the more experienced, the more talented oh. fighter. I'll maybe what, he's not I'll a level. Show you what he, his fighting looked like. Mickey Gall looked like a guy who'd been doing Muay Thai for six months in a class. That's what he looked like. 
and he looked like he was a bit of advanced to those guys, and he did all right. But the way that he was so stiff with his strikes, the way that he threw things, nothing was coming together as a combination. He's been striking now for 10 years, Phil. Let's put that into perspective. 10 years he's been doing that. I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to be the noise. Where, no, no, where is he? Because, look, the, some people just don't have that ability. They don't have that athletic gear to switch into. Now, again, Charles Oliveira, we can say, like, people like him in the last couple of years have just switched it up. But you could see him steadily increase throughout time. You could see the improvement was coming no matter what. Mm-hmm. But Mickey Gall just doesn't... Yes, there's a small improvement from his last fight. A small improvement. But as usual, his gas tank is awful. Yeah, the third, round that, he, the third round he looked done. He looked ridiculous. The fence grabbing, the cheating, the pulling the glove. This, yeah, this whole thing glove. about him is just that he is a smarmy little prick and he talked his way into a certain fight and that's fine. I get it. He talked his way into that fight and he won it and he became a fucking star overnight. I say that in quotation marks for people listening. He's not a star. He's a fucking div. But what he is, is he's a guy that's taken advantage of his situation, but he's not used any of those advantages to better himself. All he's done mm-hmm. is better his position. He's not better his skill set. They said he was a fucking black belt coming into that fight. Really? Because I'll tell you what Mike Perry made you look like on the floor. A fucking idiot. Now, if Mike Perry can make you look a fucking idiot, yes, okay, Mike Perry is trained with Jack Ray and high-caliber fucking jiu-jitsu guys for a lot of his career. But he's not a black belt. And he hasn't got those levels to his game that. Well, I know Mickey Gall. I know Mickey, I know Mickey Gall. They would have said when he was with Jim Miller and that that he was a brown belt. Uh, when he was trained out at that gym in Jersey, I think he switched camps though, didn't he? Um, I think he did. Well, he's called a Gracie. He's called a Gracie black belt, basically. And yeah. I think, yeah. You know, look, he was out in New Jersey. I think it was with Almeida, wasn't it? It was his coach originally. Was it Ricardo Almeida? Very good jiu-jitsu guy. Now, look, if you're a Ricardo Almeida brown belt, you're still going to be most black belts elsewhere. Do you know, it's one of those things where in most schools, they'll promote you to black belt, but really, you're a high-level instructor's brown belt. And that's where Mickey yeah. Gore was supposed to be, right? Well, my, you have to say, Mike Perry's wrestling was fairly impressive. My, look, Mike Perry, for whatever people want to say about his camp... He's well-rounded. He's, he's very well-rounded. But not only that, you can tell... He's actually got a high fight IQ. In the post thing, he was talking about how he could he was getting their reads off their corner. He learned what they meant. They were and he had no corner turning in this shit. He's doing this all through the fight while he's getting punched in the head. Right? Let's just take this for a moment. He's been punched in the head, scrambled. He's still thinking of strategy and what he's going to do. And I think it goes to show, and I think this fight goes to show that cornermen are not that important. Mickey Gall moves camps does all this shit, tries to make himself look better and do better and all this, that, and the other. And these coaches are going, Mickey, we'll get you in six times a week doing this and we'll do that and you'll be a champ in two years. And we'll... It's bullshit. Mike Perry's seen through that bullshit and he's doing the right thing. Now, he wants a camp, but what he was saying is he wants just a group of friends, probably like the BMF situation, really. Um, Cowboy just gets his mates there. They all fucking train together and do whatever. They all know fighting, so why not just do it together? And I think that's what Mike Perry's looking for. And I think... Those two guys, Donald Cerrone and him, could change the fucking game. You know, and it's... I'd like to see that happen. Yes, there are some great head coaches. Trevor Whitman, for one. Mm. Greg Jackson was before he left the... the Jack- I mean, he's not really there, apparently, anymore. He, he doesn't even do anything. And obviously, there's Henry Hooft and there's a couple of others. 
you know, the whole American top team coach is a fucking class. They're, mm. they're what they are, but that's it. I mean, outside of that, why are we trusting these guys? You know, Jim yeah. Rufus is another one, but why are you trusting them? Unless you're in those four or five camps, you shouldn't be trusting any of these guys. They're, they're, right. It's bullshit. And I think, you know, that's all this highlighted. Mickey Gore looks stupid. Mike Perry looked fantastic. Well, Mickey Gall has fallen to a six and three. So if he does leave the USA, maybe a bit of time away, might do him good because he's still young. He's still 28. Uh, Perry is now 14 and six. Uh, what, like he's saying he wants to move up to 185 and fight Darren Hill for this little pro wrestling beef. Yeah, I don't know what that's about, but it'll be fun. Look, well, they had the little banter on Instagram that got fairly serious. Like, well, yeah, and you don't know if it's just trolling by either them. Until like, Darren Till said that he was going to raw dog his girl, and I mean, oh well, there you go. Well, there, that's, that's why, why it went too far. And yeah, look, that's classic Darren Tills. Classic English people always go too far. I think they're being funny, and that's how we banter. But Americans don't banter like that. No, no, I don't no. play that shit. We we no, we no. eat it up and come back with something like, "Oh well, I'll fuck your mum anyway." <laughs> like you know, you just you go further, you make it worse. It is what it is. Would but, you want to see Mike Perry versus Darren Till? I would. <laughs> yeah, of course I would. It'd be a fun fight, but what's that going to do for Till's career at this point? It's not worth it, you know, for Till. But for yeah, whatever. I just want to see Mike Perry continue fighting, doing well. He's a natural one seventy. He's fucking beast. You know, if he if he does get a good training partners around him, he's as long as he keeps focused the way he did in this fight and didn't, you know, he could have got dragged so much into just throwing all his power into those shots all the time, and he didn't. And that's what really got me is without a corner, he brawled less than when he did with the corner. It's weird. It's weird, but yeah, great, great fight, good win for him. Yeah, shout out to Mike Perry. So we'll move on. Um, Morris Green defeats uh, Jean Valente by uh, submission. They had it down as an arm triangle. It was a bit of a modified arm triangle. Um, what it was. What, what it <laughs> was. It was. Effectively, what it was, Jean Valente, dad bod Valente, uh, fell asleep on top of Morris Green. And Morris Green's like, all right. Well, like, okay, let's just. Let's before, just this, let's before this. Before this. Valente was doing well and was looking to finish the fight. So, look, the first two rounds, Morris Green won, right? Just outright. Won those rounds. First two. I, can't, I mean, I can look up the stats and do all the shit that you want, but let's just, let's just put it that way. Then the third round, <clears throat> Valente comes out and absolutely just hits him with a, I think it was a left hook. And it was just brutal and destroyed he looked, him. And he looked good when he came out in the third round. Like he, I say, he was just sick of his corner and just shouting. I was like, John, you gotta start throwing combinations. Well, to be fair, what the fuck is John doing? This guy has been in the UFC for like ten years now. <laughs> He's just been like hanging around. I don't really get it. He's got the one of the worst records in there. He, I don't get it. He just keeps getting chance after chance after chance. He never puts combinations together. He just. I, I don't get it. I, I really don't get it. I don't understand how he's still there. But anyway, he moved up. He looked fat as fuck. He looked really tired all the time. He looked slow. He looked slower than he was at light heavyweight. He doesn't even have to cut any weight, and he still looks slow. He didn't have any depletion. <laughs> so he goes in, he loses the fight, and then he gassed himself out trying to beat the shit out of Morris Green. Now, fair enough. Actually, I've seen fights stop for less than that. So you can kind of, 
you know, you kind of go, well, I can see what he was doing here. He's just trying to end it. But he gassed himself out. Morris Green got... Take a lot to finish Morris Green, though. He's a big lad. He's a big boy. But whatever he locked on him, yeah, they call it an arm triangle, whatever. But that really, that's a standard jiu-jitsu position. And no one should be tapping from that, ever. I think he just gassed himself out and took the... Took but he could have taken a decision. You know what judges are like? He could have taken a decision. So it's... Yeah, if he laid and prayed, maybe he would have got to the bell. And yeah. who knows? Yeah. But you kind of have to feel for Morris Green uh, uh, post fight. If I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, yeah, it's not he, so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, I couldn't stop laughing. I, I know you should. I, I couldn't I stop too. laughing. I felt, I felt happy for him though, in a way. How does that feel, Morris, to get that victory finally? <gasps> it felt so good. It's like <laughs> I just uh, couldn't stop laughing. I it's just like couldn't. when you finally it's like when you finally get that, you know, do you want to come upstairs after <laughs> It felt so good. It felt so good. <laughs> after a dry spell. After a series of dates and a three or four month dry spell. Do you want to come upstairs? <laughs> it felt so good. It felt so good. You start crying in front of the girl and then she doesn't invite you in because she's scared. Oh Phil, honestly, I couldn't stop laughing when I saw it. I don't know why. But yeah, I, you you mean you tried to be serious with it? You, you know, you got to feel for him. I didn't feel for him one bit. I could not stop laughing. And no, then, like, like not feel for him. I was like, I'm happy for him. You know, the next three sentences after that as well. When they asked him questions, he did take it in good jest himself. He's just like, I'm always crying on TV. Oh no, but fuck me, I couldn't, I couldn't stop laughing. But yeah, I mean, look, this does nothing but either one's career. It was a pretty well, pointless fight, but well, it it's got Morris Green and a, a Tanner Bowser next fight, and like we'll get into Tanner Bowser, but he looked phenomenal tonight. He, he did look good, and he looked small, but we'll we'll go into that in a minute. But yeah, I mean, look, it, what I'm saying doesn't do much in terms of rankings, anything like that. Oh, it's just basically a nothing a good, fight, you know. But yeah, set up another fight. It, do you know what? It was still fun. This that was one of the the fights that I was least looking forward to, and it was still fun. That fight, it wasn't great, but it was fun. But then the next fight, Phil, lead yeah. into yeah. Well, look, I'll intro. No, no, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you talk about this. But uh, Brendan Allen defeats Kyle Darkus by unanimous decision. Uh, one judge had a 29-28 one, and sorry, one judge twenty nine twenty seven, and some blind. Idiot had a thirty twenty seven. Uh, where the fuck do you pull that from? But yeah, Brendan Allen. The biggest point, the biggest point, where this fight turned for me was the huge knee that he landed in the first, because yeah. Kyle Dawkins looked fantastic when he came out. He has got very sharp hands. Very two, sharp. Two hands, boys. Two boys. Just what I'd say about this fight, and just before I let you. I'll let you talk about it then. But if I was a coach and I had young fighters in the gym, I was like, watch that fight because mm. that had that fight had everything really. It was it was living proof of how much this game has evolved with how young those two guys are and where they're at in their careers and how good they are. You know, we're talking about Mickey Gall a minute ago. These guys are younger than Mickey Gall, I'm pretty sure. And oh, and they would demolish I mean, them. It wouldn't even be funny. It would just be wiping the floor with the human being. And the thing is, that first round, the, these boys, they came out swinging in the first round. It looked like it was going to be a stand-up affair for a couple of minutes. Then it was up against the clinch. There were some takedowns coming in, but there was 
a point, like you said, where Brendan Allen landed that fucking missile knee to his head. And he, and he was kind of, he was kind of not struggling a bit, but he was kind of he didn't under the caution a little bit. And the knee yeah. just came out. Of, he got to a good position, landed out of nowhere, and it really did hurt Dawkins. Never really recovered. And that for me was kind of the story of this fight: is that while Dawkins looked very good on the feet and very sharp. Brendan Allen was picking his moments better. That's what I thought. In the striking, anyway. I thought he was picking his shots and choosing when to go rather than Ducas just go, you know, coming in and going for it and doing whatever. But there's two differences here. There's a guy that's undefeated in Ducas, and it's his debut in the UFC. And it's Brendan Allen. He's had a couple of fights there. He's lost a couple early in his career. There's, like, a, a big difference in mentality there. But they just put on this great fight. It was mainly a grappling match, I would have said, the whole, you know, for the whole like some of the that. transitions, especially like oh some of the God. trouble that Darkus got out of and managed it to was... transition to the back was oh man, it was just beautiful. But... I was on the edge of my seat. I think what's really interesting is Dorcas got all the takedowns in this fight, right? And lost it by Yano's decision. Brendan Allen on the floor is an absolute fucking beast. He the way and what I would say about this is so Dorcas, there was a point in the fight, and I remember watching, and he was he was kind of in side control of Brendan Allen. And from there, anyone should know what to do, right? But there was like a point when I could see it where Dukas, he had to think about what his next move was. Whereas Brendan Allen knew what his next move was. Do you know what I mean? Like that's the difference in between their skill set at the moment is that Dukas had to take a second to think and go, where am I going to go next? And Allen was just smoother, knew where he was going to go, just fucking... Snaked his way around him and did what he did, but so many transitions, so many fucking sweeps, so many fu- just ridiculous, amazing and fight, a great amazing. fight, really fun. They deserve so, winning at the end of it, but I wouldn't have given a shit if either of those guys had won. To be honest with you, it was just mm. uh, well. I think fight. Alan, Alan, Alan was a deserved winner for me. He's now gone to fifteen and three. Darkest is nine, and he picked up his first loss, so nine and one. But uh, Darkest wasn't a happy boy. He walked straight out of the cage. But uh, yeah. I must say, it did look like, you know, it looked like Tyler and Chad fighting over a monster energy. Yeah, it looked a bit ridiculous. I mean, I mean, Dorcas, why he walked out... I hate I that. Really I hate know. that because, like... I think it's just upset losing your first fight, isn't it? You know? I know, I, think I really, get it. You know, you, and, and he's 27 and Alan's 24 and he's thinking, this is my fucking career and this young fucking piece of shit's coming in here and he's already... You know, got more experience. He's already got more exposure. And this guy's just then, and I think, like I said, he probably was more pissed off at that thirty twenty-seven than he was anything else. Oh no! Well, that's what it was. Once he heard the twenty to thirty twenty-seven, he was he was gone. Yeah, he, <laughs> mentally he checked out and he was out of there. But I can I can get on board with that. I understand why because he definitely won round two, and there's no question about it. It is what you know. It's. Again, the judge, in, and that's the same judge, by the way, that scored it 48-46. That's the same fucking judge. And so we have to start taking notice, surely, of these bad judges and tell them to get the Probably, well, well, what they need to do is, if you score a 30-27 and there's controversy about it or like a negative reaction, you should have to justify it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The, like they, they talk to the fighters at the end of the fight. Talk to the judge that judged the thirty twenty seven. Why yes. do you feel it was that? Tell well, us why. It, yeah. And like it might just give us a bit of uh, insight into how they. Kind it of would also force them to stop being so stupid because if they're interviewed afterwards and asked why did you score it like that, 
it would force them to stop making stupid fucking errors like that. And they'd finally think about how they're going to look when they get Because at the minute, they're just faceless bellends, aren't they? That's what judges are. They're just a faceless bunch of pricks. Remember, uh, remember Armani was on his phone? I think oh. it was that Shang and Joanna. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. I think it was. I think it was. Your yeah. man's just sitting there on his phone. Oh, I would have told him to leave. <laughs> but look, um, we, we, can talk, we can talk about yeah. terrible judging all night, to be honest. Um, so we'll move on to a fairly quick one. Not a lot to talk about, but nope. a great performance. Takashi Sato defeats Jason Whip by TKO. 48 seconds around number one. The one, second vanilla gorilla in the UFC, Jason Whip or whatever it is. He, look. He did his best. He took. He <laughs> yeah, took he it on short. Uh, you feel sorry for him, kind of the way you finish, but he took the fight on short notice. Obviously, uh, Sato's original opponent uh, had to pull out. Um, I think it was. Yeah, he was uh, Ramiz Brahimaj, wasn't it? He was supposed to be fighting. Coronavirus um, thing, anyway, wasn't it? I think that he was pulled. Yeah, he could. He couldn't do it. Um, and yeah, one two. Good night. Thanks for coming. I mean, that's all you can say, really, is Whip, like I say, Whip put up a fight. He did his best, but he just got hit by an absolute fucking truck. Missile. And it, it took him down. What can you say? Sato's a deserved winner. Nice knockout. Let's see where he goes next. I don't know where he goes, yeah. but let's see. Well, Sato's moved to 16 and 3, and Wit is now 17 and 6. So uh, next up. Next up, another phenomenal fight. Really entertaining fight. I enjoyed it. Julian Arosa defeats Sean Woodson by submission. Dash choke, uh, round three. Two, uh, two minutes and 44 seconds around number three. Julian Arosa took the fight on the Wednesday. Uh, everyone, like we all know. We know Arosa. He was uh, part of the ultimate fighter. I think it was McGregor's ultimate fighter yeah. season. He didn't fare too well in his first stint. He's kind of went away contender. for a bit. He's been. This guy's been through the ring. He's been on contender. He's come back through other avenues. It's just. He's. This Fuck. is his third stint in the UFC now. He beat Pimbler at Cage Warriors, didn't he? No, he didn't. Pimbler got the no, decision. No, he lost. And it was Sorry, absolutely he should have won. Yeah, I well, no, he did win. I remember Phil, he did. One hundred percent, he won that fight. QCJ. Yeah, against Paddy Pimbler. Yeah, yeah. One hundred percent, he won that fight. Paddy Pimbler has been so protected. I could go on about this for an entire episode. You've been so protected through cage. Oh no, we've talked really. about this. We've talked about this. Yeah, I can't. I, I can't do it, Phil. But yeah, look, this fight, fuck me. You know, let let's just say first of all, Sean Woodson is extremely talented. Mm. Really nice got, box. Really nice hand. Really good. But uh, I mean, when he got into situations with grappling, he looked like a child who had yeah, no idea what he, he was doing. And the thing is. You know, when you start, how old is Sean Woodson? Is he 23, I think, or something like that? I mean, he only really, uh, you know, he's born in 92. So what's that? He's 28. He's 28. So, I mean, he's not young. And apparently he started training MMA when he was 18. And he doesn't have much grappling. You know, it's a little bit worrying again at this point. We're talking about all these, you know, future contenders and these prospects and all this kind of stuff. And for me, he's nowhere near that state, that that standard right now. And also, his gas tank is absolutely shocking. And uh, he look, he's got very crisp hands. He looked like he hurt a rose for a few times in the first round. He definitely um, did. I, yeah, he nearly finished him at one point. He got, he got, he dropped him. Um, but what Rosa was was just keep 
keep hitting me, I don't care, keep hitting me, I don't he care. He just weathered it and just came back. And he mentally, I think he uh, he broke Woodson. He did, and he was hitting a lot to the body as well, whereas Woodson oh, was just head Body work is, body yeah, work is so nice. Disgusting. And look, Juicy J, no matter who you are or what you're doing, he's always a tough fight for anyone because he moves so weirdly and he's so unorthodox. I've always been a big fan of him. I've always liked him since the Ultimate Fire and stuff. I've always wanted him to do better than he was doing. And he always just seemed to come up that little bit short. And it looked like it was going to be the same again. And something clicked in his gear in the second round where he was like, do you know what? I'm not letting this piece of shit beat me now. He's like, I'm not losing another opportunity. I've only done this on five days notice. Fuck it. I'm going for it. And he did exactly that. Second round, I think he won that second round. I don't know what people thought or didn't think. I think, I think Juicy J won the second round. It was close. And, well, I mean... Let's, let's say it's close. Let's look at the stats, shall we, Phil? Significant strikes. 46 to Woodson and 59 to Julian Arosa. 59 overall for Arosa and 53 for Woodson overall. There was no takedowns in that round, so you've got to say that's an Arosa round, surely. If you have shot, Yeah, we can talk about damage and we can talk about the intricacies and we can do whatever, but I would say that that's an Arosa round because neither one of them was really hurt that badly. Um... Then the third round, I mean, it was very, very close. They pretty much threw and hit each other the same amount of times. But then Woodson just gassed and he kept getting taken down. And eventually, Arosa sunk in that Das choke and game over. You know, it took him a little while to cinch you up. But once he did, no chance. And he just tapped out pretty, pretty yeah. quickly after. Do you know what I got kind of slightly watching Arosa last night? And <laughs> just take this with the biggest pigeon salt, like slightly mirrored. His style, who he slightly mirrored, I felt he does slightly mirror Dustin Poirier's kind of boxing. A little Not, bit. Just the way was, he comes forward. Just the way he comes forward, I was kind of seeing that. I'd say just, that his footwork is more Tim Elliott. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, no, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. He's not. He's not. He's not traditional boxer by any stands. Well, but the thing is, what, what, what was Bisman saying? He was 46 and 3 as an amateur boxer and an accident stopped him from going pro. Erosa? No, that was Woodson. Oh, sorry. That was Woodson, yeah. Was... yeah. So he had an injury or an accident, I don't know, a car accident or something. But stopped him going forward and then he's that's, when he, went, that's he when he went down have... to hit squad though, which was Matt Hughes and all those kind of people. Wrestlers up the arsehole and he still can't wrestle, which is disturbing. But that's another thing for another day, you know. It, is what it is. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a good fight, really fun fight, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, good good on the Rosa for finally getting a win in the UFC, and let's see where he can go. Yeah, so uh, yeah, perfect. But look, he's earned his contract anyway. Uh, picking that fight up a short notice, yeah. but. Karma Wordy defeated Lewis Pena by submission. Uh, guillotine choke, another kind of. Another unorthodox version of a guillotine choke was great, but uh, two minutes and fifty-three seconds around number three. Um, this was a good fight too. Fun. Very good fight. I mean, all I can say is thank God I was vindicated in my pick of Carmel Worthy because not a lot of people know who Carmel Worthy is. He's only had one fight in the UFC before, but when you look at Lewis Pena, I'm sorry, he's so overrated. He is one of the most overrated fighters on the car uh, on the, the roster. Sorry. I just can't get on board with the hype with him at all. And this proved that the hype is not necessarily around him at the minute. You know, 
yeah, he's got the look, he's got the nickname, he's got his fucking ginger beard and, you know, whatever, but who cares? He, you know, he's not he's not cutting it. Yeah, he went for takedowns, he went for submissions, he did this whole thing, he looks very well-rounded, and all, but he also You're, got absolutely... Uh, you, you just self-hate. You I don't. don't like, he, you don't like your own kind. He got outstruck by Worthy in the first round by double. Double, Phil. Double. Yeah, no, he lost then, that. Then I, he thought he had, I thought he seconds. had a bit. Of, I thought he had his moments in the fight, but in the second round he had his moments. But that was because he just lay and prayed a bit more. There was he wasn't really working when he was on top. He wasn't making karma pay for what he was doing. He was mm. just very and he went for submissions. But where do they go? You know, and, and oh, yeah, yeah, he won the second round. So it was it was one one going into the third, and then Worthy started to take over again. I thought with the striking, Worthy's um, Worthy's uh, getting it looked like a bulldog choke slash guillotine it was it was really yeah. good though he just just yanked yeah, it's just more of a crank than it was a guillotine mm. from what i remember i can't remember exactly but look carl worthy's a great talent and i think we're gonna see him really he's good personality forward. as well i like this yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's fairly he's good lad and i think this fight i don't know why this was so far down on the card if i'm honest with you it should have been a little bit further up but you know, maybe replace Volante with this. You know, uh, I don't know. He's got like I don't know. They're all the secret society in the UFC. Yeah, <laughs> weird. weird places on cards, but oh, um, yeah, Wordy. Anyway, like he's thirty. He's turning thirty-four soon, so he'd want to be, you know, kind of be as active as yeah. possible. And the thing is, in the last, so he's uh, I think he's fifteen and six or something now, and he's won his last seven fights. So he was nine and six. So the way you got to look at it is something's clicked in his career over the last couple of years. Um, you know, he was losing weird fights to people who no one really knows, you know, and all this kind of stuff. So, and then all of a sudden he just thought, you know, what, fuck it, I've got to ramp up, I've got to do it. And it looks like it's worked for him. Um, do you want to say that yeah. again, Sam? Sorry, you just have to... Oh, sorry. I was just saying, sorry, sorry, of... you just... That's fine. You hear me now, Phil? Yeah, you just froze there for a sec. Oh, well. Yeah, I was just saying, you know, he... Uh, he, it, something seems to have clicked in Carl with his career. He was seven and no in his last seven. Um, he was nine and six before that. Something's obviously just tipped him, you know, over the edge of quality. And he looked very, very good in that fight against Pena. He's won his first two fights in the UFC by finish. It really, you know, I think he's, like you said, he's thirty-three though. If he's going to do it, he's got to do it now. And yeah, they have to yeah, kind I'm of be more active. See, I'm looking forward to seeing how he goes. But yeah, it's. Uh, Interesting prospect there at thirty. Yeah, I want to see him. I want to see him kind of back as soon as possible. But we we'll move on. Um, Tanner Bowser defeats uh, Felipe Lins by KO round number one, uh, two minutes and forty-one seconds. Looked fantastic, and he looked much lighter than his last fight against my guy. So like, a serial game. So like, yeah. you can't really, you can't really blame Tanner for losing the serial game. That's a future world champion there, but um. He looked, he looked really good. He said a big, t- a big change up to his game was he just went full strength and conditioning for this camp. Came in ten pounds lighter, and definitely yeah. with the speed of his finish, it was beautiful. He looked, he looked muscular though when he came in. That's the difference. He oh looked, yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked, he looked, he looked pretty jacked. And normally he kind of looks like dad bodish, but he actually looked in really good shape coming into this. And I think it really showed how dedicated he was to this. Camp, you know, it ended in something that two minutes forty one against a guy like Linz. Linz stuck it out for three rounds with Andre Olowski, who's you know, I mean, he's not Andre Olowski of the old, you know, but at the same time, 
go three rounds as a veteran like that and you're taking hard hits and whatever, you know, fair play. But Bose are just, uh, I mean, look, he's two and one in the UFC now. He only lost a decision to Garne. He He's probably better than we give him credit for. He's probably one of those fighters where he's probably got more in him than we think. I'd like to see him and Chase Sherman maybe next. Two guys that like to throw well, down and bang. You know. he, did, he did call out Morris Green. Yeah. You know, I'm not like if he if he if he looks like that and f- comes in like that, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing the fight to be honest. Um, but yeah, Chase Sherman would be good because Chase Sherman's got hands. Yeah, and I think Lins. I mean, unfortunately, I think this he probably gets another shot in the Corona times. I don't know. He's two. He's zero two. Sorry now. In the last couple of months, maybe he gets a shot. I don't. I don't know what happens with him. But he's a millionaire anyway. He won the PFL tournament. It's not like he needs it for the money at the moment, particularly. Uh, so, who knows with Philip Linz, but I feel bad for him. You know, he comes in with this name of a champion in another organisation. He just looks really shit, to be honest with you, compared to... <laughs> it's, you know, it shows how bad the other divisions are, you know, in promotions. Yeah. But, well, I, I mean, Tanner Bosa just looked different. Looked great. You know, he looked great. He, he, he looks looked like fantastic. a serial killer. He's like a part of the Wire family. Did he have a mullet, or am I mistaken? No, he had a mullet, yeah. yeah mullet, he and he's mullet. Missing, a mullet, and he's missing a front, too. I mean, he, he couldn't look any more fucking mm. challenged. That's what I'm saying. He looks like one of the Wyatt family. <laughs> we won't go into that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> great but, uh, fight. Just not very long, but yeah. good fun and, yeah, deserved winning. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I think Tanner... Tanner looked great. He made me a fan, and I want to see him. I want to see him again. I'd definitely be looking out for his next fight. But um, yeah. yeah, we'll move on. So Kay Hansen at 20 years old defeats uh, former Invicta Adam Weight champion Jin Yu Frey by submission. Uh, armbar round number three at uh, two minutes and 26 seconds. I like her. She looked aggressive. She won. She was there she to did. fight. She did. And what I will say is, and I said this to you before, this was the underrated <coughs> hotty fight of the year so far, and you may not agree. But both of them are absolute little hmm. pieces. Listen, go back and watch, Phil. Did you see Frey's feet? Go back and watch and zoom in on Frey's feet. It's like Frodo Baggins. Do you think I give a shit about her feet, Phil? Do you think I give a flying shit about those feet? Well, look, but anyway, before, before we're cancelled, let's talk about the fight. Yeah, look, it was it was a good fun fight. Um, Strikes-wise, I don't think they were too far apart at any point, apart from the second, maybe. But mm. Kay really took over. Um, Kay, Kay got bloodied up on the feet. Yeah. And the the, the, the story of the fight really was the takedowns. Um, and then the third round, you know, got an armbar. And it, to be honest, it was a weird looking armbar. It was, it almost looked like Frey had given up, I think. It was. It was very lethargic the way the arm yeah. kind of came out. And it wasn't really against anything that. The elbow wasn't really... It was an odd one. I think Frey just wanted out. I think uh, well, I think she gassed, and I don't think she could have got out of the position she was in. So I'm not saying yeah, she gave her the arm, but... When you've got two and a half minutes left, just stick it out, you know? That's... Uh, it's what I would say... That, um, I don't know. What, it, it, what I, it's just a weird What I would say, me. it's uh, it's kind of... I know, like, I think it was said on Twitter, uh, like, I've seen it on Twitter, you know, Grabka, Hitman. Yeah. He was very, very knowledgeable account. I do enjoy his stuff. But uh, yeah. he was talking, I think it was him, but he made a great point, and it was um, about Ronda's, basically, Ronda's babies are now coming <laughs> into the UFC, and she 
she influenced like this generation of females yeah. and like she really needs she really like as much as you know like as much as I may not like Ronda Rousey's personality I can never take away how much of a pioneer she was for her. No, for huge pioneer and particularly for people like you know Hanson with the judo background and all those kind of, you know it's it's massive for those kind of people and mm-hmm. you know she's now on a three fight win streak she's six and three overall her early career has been very up and down as you can see from the record but, but she's, she's only 20, 20. she's, she's 20. 20 like She's in the she UFC at 20. She puts, she puts it together on the feet. She'll be scary. Yeah, I think she looked like she's got the ability to do that as well. Mm. Whether or not that focuses for her and she really kind of goes... Because, you know, obviously that was Ronda's weakness her entire career. You know, when we were talking about the babies, it's... That was do you her. know what it was? Do you know what it was? And actually... I've been meaning to bring this up to you because, you know, the UFC showed these throwback fights and stuff and they showed Misha Tate versus Ronda Rousey. Mm. Striking wasn't a weakness for Rousey until she started believing in her own hype and believing she could be a boxer. Yeah, but that... So, that not that it was yeah. a weakness, but she had enough on the feet. We've seen fights with her where she was going back and forth on the feet to get herself in a position where she could flip someone. Yes, but then someone said she was the female. Yeah, but Mark then Tyson. Edmonds. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think it was a weakness. I didn't think her striking was particularly bad. Like, she outstruck me. Oh, it was, it was awful, Phil. It was awful. And what, you, what you've got to realize is that the level of competition in the female world back then was even worse than it is no now. I get that I get and that look, Misha, Misha Tate Misha look, Tate was look, never that bad of a striker Misha Tate was average at best <laughs> I mean look let's just let's just put it into perspective when they when she fought Holly Holm right Misha Tate won that fight but how did she win that fight oh she choked her out on the feet how did she look ah Bang average, would you say, Phil? Yeah, but Holly Holmes no, is a the, former the, fucking no, world this, champion. Boxer. Yes, yes. So elite, Phil. Right? <laughs> this is what we're talking about. Elite. Bang average, Misha Tate, Ronda Rousey. <laughs> right. So we got these right, levels. Uh, I, look, I'm not saying she was a good striker, but I never thought she looked out of place striking with fighters just yeah, to get again, herself into a position. But what she did was she gave, like, I don't know, she just thought she was too good for I'm, judo. I'm not going to argue about be. it too much but it's perspective it's perspective it's, if you're fighting people that are terrible it's ego isn't it it's ego isn't it but it's not just that if you're fighting people that are terrible strikers the first time she ran into an elite striker she got destroyed the second time she ran into Betch an elite Cohea striker Betch Cohea is an elite striker <laughs> no I'm not even going to do that <laughs> No, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I just I need to get out. Of what I'm film. saying is, though, yeah, yeah, jump out the window. No, uh, for at the time, yeah, it's perspective because at the time she wasn't that bad. That's the yeah, whole point. Yeah, is for yeah. the time, the era, she wasn't that bad. Well, so maybe a K. Saying, well, maybe a K. Hansen would kind of take from that if, like, she does consider Ronda a big influence and kind of make sure she well, yeah, her tails and. I hope you know, but so. Look, I like her. She's only twenty. She's gonna have a bright future. Um, yeah. Yeah, Definitely. we'll move on to yeah. We'll just talk about the the opener fight of the. I mean, uh, when we talk about boring fights on the card, this is probably one of the few. I didn't think did, it was too boring. It was uh, okay. It was okay. I, yeah, it just didn't interest me. I think that was more first fight, kind of like yeah, <laughs> yeah. You see, so, you know, well, yeah, but fair then, enough. but look, I, I don't mean, know. It, it, fair winner. Intru- 
I'll just intro it and yeah, there's not much to yeah. talk about. But Yusuf Zalal defeated Jordan Griffin by unanimous decision, 29-28 on all three judges' scorecards. Only 23 looked like you know he kind of true. He 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 nice kickboxing. Um, yeah. It kind of looked like a, a fatigue issue with both fighters. They seemed to kind of gas towards the end of each round. But um, I thought it was enjoyable. Yeah. I, I don't understand how, uh, what's his name, Jordan Griffin can be upset by that decision. I don't really oh, understand like, what he yeah. was upset about. He kind of looked like it was bullshit. I mean, he landed three strikes in the first round. He got a takedown, but he got reversed. You know, Zalal kept him at range a lot of the time. Beautiful kickboxing. Particularly, I think there were some leg kicks to the body, if I remember correctly, that were pretty uh, pretty violent. Um, there was a few, um, there was a few, there was a few dick kicks on the card. Dick kicks, yeah, there were mm. a couple. But John Griffin, I mean, what, can we say maybe won the second? I, I mean... If you are going to give him one, you give him that. Yeah, I wouldn't even have given him one, really, from the effort. No. It's difficult to score any for him. But the judges routinely did it 29-28, which I find odd again, that there's no discrepancy there. It's weird. But... It just wasn't a great fight. You know, Jordan Griffin was trying to wrestle him, trying to take him down, trying to stifle his attack. And so that was just too quick. Kept circling away from him. Obviously a lot better in the striking department. Jordan Griffin couldn't even see the strikes coming. And admittedly, Salah hides his attacks very well, fainting, you know, teams faint. All that kind of stuff. He does it very well. But I don't know, Jordan Griffin just looked out of place in there that day. And it it could be a lot of things, you know. you never know with these fighters. Could it just be that he was having an off day? He couldn't get his wrestling in the way that he wanted to. You know, it's, it's allows a 23-year-old with nothing to lose. You know, it's it's a different ball game, do you know what I mean, altogether. But I, I don't know. It, it just wasn't a great fight. Zalal's the deserved winner. That's it, really. That's all I can say on that one. Fair enough. Yeah, so... um that's wrapped up UFC Vegas number four. I suppose, um, we, geez, we need to talk about uh, UFC 251. What a Man. card on paper! Jesus. On paper, no, look, this card on paper, it could be on stone, it could be written down in the sand out there, it could be written in the dirt, Phil. It's still going to be a phenomenal fucking card, no matter what. And yeah, well, it goes down on the seventh of July, and it's take it's oh sorry, the eleventh of July, and it's going down on UFC Fight Island. So we get to see the famous Fight Island for the first time. Well, it's um, Yas Island, isn't it, in Abu Dhabi? Yeah, that's where it is. Um, let's just let's just run through this for what it is. It's three tile fights. It's Usman versus Burns, Volkanovski versus Holloway, and Yam versus Aldo. Aldo shouldn't be there. Don't care what anyone says. However, however, doesn't mean that I don't like that fight. Because I do like that fight. I like, I like it very it. much. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. But, I mean, Volkanovski, it's, Holloway, do we think... It's that just so much. Like, it's, it's almost too much, this card. Like, we've got getting... Andrade versus Rose in what would be a title fight rematch. If you think that's a fucking phenomenal fight as well in itself. Yeah. Paige Van Zandt versus Amanda Rebus couldn't Rebus, Rebus is going to kill oh. her. It's it's not it's going to be a murder. That's what it's going but to look, be. But look, we even have we've Odzimir versus uh, Prajadska. 
Yeah, it's going to be a good that's fight. A good, that's a good, that's a fucking that's underrated a, fight. Yeah, that's a Muslim, very underrated Muslim fight. Muslim Salikov versus uh, Ilya Zou Zaleski. Come on. Who? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I mean... Uh, uh, Amar Khani versus uh, Danny Henry. Like, that's, you know, that's going to be a solid fight. It's going to be a good fight. Uh, Amir Khani always gets these European guys for some reason and always just has a mare. So, I'm looking forward to that one big time. Um, Leonardo yeah, Santos mm. is back. Again, 40 years old. The guy hasn't lost in like seven or eight years. He hasn't lost since 2009. 11 years, Phil. <laughs> I mean, Welcome the guy... Yeah, but what, what's happened with him? He's one of those guys who keeps getting injured. He keeps having a mare. And he's one of the most underrated guys in the lightweight division. But Bogatov is undefeated 10-0. That's another huge fight. I just... Mm. This has been put... This has been... They really have outdone themselves with this. Yeah, this is an unbelievable. Tybora versus Romanov. Romanov is another undefeated fighter. You've got Pavia versus Zamagulov or whatever. Zuma, I don't know. They're flyweights. So Zamagulov. So we could see some new, uh, new flyweight blood coming through. You know, it's. Oh, man, it's just a card. That, and we have and like, uh, of course, Why a. Why, lad, with David Grant kicking off David the card. David Grant. Evie Coming back Grant. in with Martin D. Yeah. Yeah. Look, Davy Grant couldn't buy a win. Um, Go on, Davy. Davy, I love him. Since the Ulmer fight, he lost to Chris Holdsworth, who hasn't really fought since because of fucking, you know, TJ Dillashaw. We won't go into that. Um, Davy Grant's beaten Marlon Vera before, uh, but he's had really bad, bad luck with injuries over the last four or five years. Well, he won his last fight against uh, Grigori Popov as yeah, a split, split decision. decision. Bit of a tough fight for him there, but he, at least he got back on the win board, right? That's one of those yeah. things where maybe it's the confidence that he needed to get back out there. This is a great card, Phil. A great, great card. And for the first time in a long time, I'll be staying up. Uh, no way I'm missing this event. It's, it's too good. Too many title fights. Just the sexiest female fighter in the world is returning in rows. Yeah, you may not believe it. I don't care. I'm going to end the podcast here. <laughs> you can do what you want. I've got the click button, Phil. <laughs> What's I your favourite movie, you. The Boy in the Striped Pajamas? <laughs> What's the problem with that? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. Oh, the card is just, it's just stacked. and I'd love to see what I just I cannot wait to see Volkanovski versus Holloway. You know the first one just did like Holloway just couldn't really get anything off. No, and just and got shut down. And you I'm just know about that though. Do you think it's necessary at this point a rematch straight away? Because Volkanovski, if you think about it, really kind of dominated him. He did. Yeah, no, he did. It was a well deserved winner. But at the same time. Mm-hmm. Who's who else was who else is really up there to challenge? What in the featherweights? Mm. Like who I would mean, you who 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 do you think does it like who do you think would have deserved a more than Max? That's what I'm saying. The Korean zombie. Mm. Do you think? Yeah, I mean he was set up to fight for the title against Max Holloway before he got injured and before Volkanovski got it. Yeah, but that's not yeah, well, yeah, and, no, that's, and, not, and yes, that's not Holloway's I, fault. But maybe it would be a different fight if he didn't get injured, obviously. But, well, 
yeah, I mean, it 100%. I don't know. Be. I think, I just think from Max Holloway and just how long he had the belt and how many times he defended it, I'm, I've no problem with No, I, I get it, but maybe give him a bit more time off, work on his game, you know, just do whatever. But how much time do you want off? I just think it's a bad business move for him. I think if he goes into this lo- fight, do you, so you're saying he, from that, I'm taking that. You're yeah. taking Volkanovski again. Yeah, right? look, how mm. does he beat him? How does he? Honestly, that's not me being. That's Knocks not me up. getting. That's not me knocking Max. Yeah, all right. Yeah, look. but don't 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 tell me Max Holloway can't knock him out. He... Well, I so, don't think he can. I think he could. When was the last time? I'm not he saying had a he will. I'm not saying he's a better striker or anything like that. Volkanovski's clearly the more technical fighter. The last time but... he had a stoppage was Brian Ortega. Which was a doctor stoppage, which I think was he literally taught. He literally taught Brian Ortega in the middle of that fight how to defend. Himself. Oh no, it was hilarious! But look, you know, and the only people he's beaten other than that are, uh, let's face it, a past it Jose Aldo, who, oh, whatever, and Anthony Pettis at one forty-five is his last one. And he's a very decisive fighter, match all the way. And he he's finished not, them. He finished Pettis, he finished Aldo. Do you not remember how drained Pettis was when he was going down to featherweight? He still finished him. You're like an AIDS victim, Phil. Jesus. <laughs> 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 um, look, no, I, I, look, I get what you're saying, but I, like, a motivated Max Holloway is dangerous. Oh, he oh, sorry, is. not a motivated Holloway, a hungry Holloway with something to prove. Yes, but I don't know whether that's there. He had something to prove in the Dustin Poirier fight. Didn't come out of that on top, right? Yeah, but that's moving up. He then beats Frankie Edgar, who's still undersized at 145, even though he's the 155 champion. I've never seen anything like it. But Edgar's not the fighter that he was five, ten years ago. And then he loses to Volkanovski. And Volkanovski, this is the only thing. I'm not saying that Max Holloway won't ever be a champion again. What I'm saying is Volkanovski's a really bad fight fit. A really bad fight just because of their styles and how Bogdanowski gets in and out and on the inside. And he doesn't just throw one punch. He throws five at a time. Max Holloway does throw combinations, but not in the same way. He only throws combinations when he senses you're hurt. And then he starts moving in and going for the kill. He doesn't fight in the same way. And I think with Max, his whole game usually is to just keep it from a jab range, right? Just keep your jab, do your jab. And then when I notice something's going wrong for you and I time things, I'm going to put combinations in. That's how it works. Bogdanowski doesn't work like that. He just goes in from the opening bell and he's just yeah, tearing just the shreds. Technical. Working the body, going body head, Finishing body head, body with head. a leg kick, yeah. yeah. And look, don't get me right. wrong, Holloway can win. But look, to I, be I honest, no, to be honest, um, I just have I do have a soft spot for Max Holloway, obviously. But um, I think I don't think Max yeah, I don't think Volkanovski's losing. Um t- talk to me about the main event, Kamari Usman and Gilbert Burns. Do you think Gilbert Burns can cause an upset? I think he can, Willie. I don't think so. Uh, I, I think he's got I think he's got all the skills required to do it but I don't think his skills match up to where Usman is strongest that's what I feel you know and yeah. I just I think hope um, the only sorry, thing I, I think Gilbert Burns could do here is an early early stoppage stoppage yeah and then I think if it goes past the first he kind of struggles like but, I, I, I could see Kamaru standing with him Early, I, I can. You might, might get hit, and but Kamaru could shut it down and just wrestle. What's really interesting about this fight is until this camp, they've trained together for a long time. Um, 
and that's really interesting to me because Burns knows his weaknesses, Kamara knows his weaknesses, but who's coming up with what game plan? You know, Kamara's moved his entire camp because of this fight, which I find odd because surely the champ should be staying where he's been working for him and the contender should be going elsewhere. Yeah, it's but weird. It's here's what it is, you know. I think but Usman was saying he wants more time focused on him and not the classic, you know, like it was all weird politics stuff. But anyway, I think... Maybe he's launching a rap fight. career. Oh, please no. Please no. Uh, <laughs> I think he wins that fight, but I think Gilbert Burns does have a chance. And I think it's really interesting in the sense that Burns is a fucking, you know, he can tap savage. out a lot of people. He's a savage. Yeah, but he can tap people as well. And when, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and, and it, the guy just dominated Tyron Woodley. I mean, dominated mm. him. To the same degree that I would say Usman dominated him. Mm. And it's going to be interesting. I, I I couldn't call that fight, but I, I do think Usman will just have a little bit more quality. I think I think I hope not, and I don't want to be negative or anything. But I think you could see Usman just shutting it down and just wrestling him. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. getting a five rounder, which I hope isn't the case. I hope it's like Colby and Usman, and they're just like, yeah, let's go. I think we're going to see a five round potential classic. But I don't hopefully, know. hopefully, hopefully. But and let's just Gilbert discuss- Burns, like I didn't think Gilbert Burns would perform how well he did against Tyron Woodley. To be honest, I picked, I picked Tyron Woodley. I thought well, Tyron Woodley experience. He? He that's the interesting amazing. thing about Burns. He's he's very he's peaking right now. Usman's a guy where he kind of just he's got to the top and he's kind of maintaining that top level, right? But <laughs> he's just consistent. Burns is just, and we don't know the ceiling for Burns. We know the ceiling for Usman, right? That Covington mm. fight was. 100% the ceiling but we don't know the ceiling for Burns and I think it's going to be interesting but let's just discuss before we go Phil because we've got to go in a second Real, yeah the talk that you, Jan and yeah, Aldo yeah the, the one fight you don't want to talk about because you know where the, the fuck outcome. are you going where are you going I'm going for a piss <laughs> no, okay but look Phil Aldo loses 100% loses this fight Peter Yang's and, my guy what Peter Yang's my guy in that division like, Listen, oh yeah, I, I, it's not the point, Phil. You're here defending title shops after losses, like it's a reasonable fucking thing to do. Nah. Yeah, well, he bet Marlon. Uh, <laughs> he won that fight. Look, and I'll hear nothing. Um, I, no, this like to be honest, I uh, think your. Uh, I thought your sound was jumping there. No, no. Um, um, to be honest, mate, I think this is a very interesting fight because Peter Yan is very good, but he's also very overrated by MMA Twitter. Very, 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 very overrated. I just like the fact that he just he's like a serial killer. I love his boxing, but if the Aldo of old shows up and just whips the fucking leg off him, you know, it can take it can do a lot to take away from him. It can, but what? I think Aldo, and I don't want to say this. Oh, God, God, go on. You do want to say it. No, I don't want to say this, film. I'm going to tell you Well, don't because, say it. No, I've just been thinking, and I think, and it's going to upset you in so many ways. I'd actually want to go on and say it. But I think Aldo's going to win this fight. I've just thought about it. I've just gone over it in my head. I've thought about what's going on, the difference Why? in quality of... What, what, uh, so, what's, what's your reasons? So, so when I think back about the fights against John Dodson and Jimmy Rivera for PTN, yes, he does have power, 
but he didn't put those two away. Mm-hmm. That being said, Jimmy Rivera and John Dodson are by no means as well-versed in striking as Jose Aldo is. Jose Aldo last year put away Renato Moicano in a division higher than this. He's got a debatable loss to um, race. I know we're on two sides of the fence with that. But this guy, Jose Aldo, if anyone can do it and shut up people after the career that he's had, it's him. You know, and that I being think, said, though, like Jan does have incredible power. I know, obviously, you're saying he didn't put them away, but John Dawson's tough as much as you know, as much as he annoys me. <laughs> but he's tell tough. me, but <clears throat> tell me. So Aldo went through a period of his career for like two years where he lost three fights by stoppage out of four. Mm. Since then, he's been tough as fucking shit. He'd be Jeremy Stevens, Renato McConnor, and he hasn't gone out in those fights, right? But Jeremy you're telling Stevens, me, Jeremy Stevens, we're talking overrated, like. Moicano. Are we gonna? Are you gonna tell me that Moicano is overrated and not? No, no. I just don't think he's as good as Jose Aldo. But no, but do you think he's as good as Peter Yan? That's the question, isn't it? Is Moicano as good as Peter Yan? No. Is he as powerful as him in striking though? Uh, What's it? Is he as technical a boxer? No. We'll see. Oh, no, we will see, to be fair. Um, but look here, uh, we'll talk Nami Yunes and Pe- Paige Van Zandt for you, and then we'll go, right? Yeah. Um, just, just a quick one. Um, obviously, haven't had the best fortunes recently, Andrade or Nami Yunes, but uh, how do you see this one going? I see Nami Yunes doing this. She seems to be the kind of fighter when she, when she learns something and she kind of she seems to lose from her she seems to learn more from her defeats than anything else and I think she always seems to come back strong and she's still only 28 now Andrade on the other hand Andrade does have the mental advantage obviously she did get she the did. KO in the, in the previous meeting but um... however I would say that Rose was lighting her up before that and it was a very lucky slam KO it wasn't a you know a clean punch or anything like that but that being said Andrade is a beast at that weight class. She is, yeah. A beast. And the thing is, she could put anyone out if she really wants. Before that, she had, a, I mean, a lightning KO of someone. It was well, disgusting. Welly, it was, welly, uh, cha- welly changed her life. She did. But I remember her knocking out Carolina uh, Kowalczyk. And I mean, that was horrible. Um, <laughs> so, you know, she's got that one-punch knockout. She's a powerful girl. But Rose's ability for me... The way that she, and also she's under Trevor Whitman, who I think at the moment is just the number one coach in mm. MMA by a million mm. miles. And I think he's really done wonders with her and Justin Gaethje and you know Drew Dober. We're seeing it coming through now. I don't see how Andrade's going to have a game plan to beat Rose. And that slam, like I said, was lucky. It could happen again. She has got that power, but I just see Rose controlling from the outside this time right now we have amanda rebus who i think is <sighs> i think i think could be a dark horse i think she's really good striking really powerful like obviously she didn't get to finish in her last fight but random marcos was tough she's like i don't know how she yeah. survived that P- page van zandt on the other hand um you know we've her opinion like she's annoying on social media and that who cares but she pay one thing you can never take away from Paige Van Zandt, she comes to fight every time. But remember, just Rose Nami Yunez opened yeah, her, I mean, like, opened her forehead up and she didn't. Like, oh, no, 
She didn't look, stop. Look, look, I'm, I'm not... I'm she's just 100% not... with you that she is a tough opponent, but she's had four fights in five years. You know... Well, yeah, yeah. Iron break how... after iron break after iron break. I know, I know. But it's at the same time, it's there's always something. You know, there's always a reason with her. Five minutes ago, it was that there wasn't enough cash. She might as well sit out. She earns more money on Instagram. All this kind of bullshit. With her... I don't does. know. Yes, yeah, she probably does, but stick to Instagram then. That, that's mm. what I'm saying. Like, if you're talking this shit, she already sounds like someone with one foot out the door. She and does. She's early in her career. She does. She does. And when you go up against Amanda Rebas, who's nine and one and a fucking killer in the women's division, she's one of the few that we're talking about. You know, we're talking about the elite level of women recently, and like, there's a big difference between the elite top six, seven. Rebas potentially. Is one of those top five, six, seven. You I know? think not she's now. Get, I think she's going to get better and better yeah, and better. Not and now. Don't get me wrong. But she I think she gets. Uh, I think she gets paid out there early. Yeah, I do too. I think. Well, actually, what I see this being is a, a like you say because Paige is tough. I see it being a three-round dominant beating. That's what I see it as. But Paige just sticking out, you know, and, and doing what she can. And I think there's going to be some. There's going to be some tough moments for Rebus in the fight as well. I think sometimes when. When Paige has that mentality, something clicks in her sometimes in fights. And well, she remember just goes the, wild. the Beck Rollins knockout. Yeah, out exactly. She doesn't exactly. stop coming either. She doesn't stop coming either. So, like, oh, yeah, I, I do have respect for Paige Van Dant. Um, also, she's not, she's not the most top. sentence, Phil. <laughs> what? No, because... Uh, yeah, 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 but I think... I think, <laughs> I think Amanda Rebus gets it done early anyway, so we're... Yeah. Uh, We'll leave it at that. Do you want to give the prelim predictions? Just go through them real quick. Let's have a quick look. One sec. Uh, well, oh, I'm on the wrong page as usual. Sorry. Uh, so, Ozdemir, Pacheco, I mean, fuck me. That's a close fight, but probably Ozdemir just takes it with his UFC experience and higher level of, you know, opponents. Zaleski versus Salakov. I've been making a huge guess, but I'm going to go Salakov with his wrestling. Salakov's a uh, beast. Amir Khani versus Danny Henry. I see Danny Henry getting that win. Amir Khani just is one of those guys who just pisses me off. He's a terrible gas tank, but Amir Khani is he's talented. He has I know, the, I so, know so we've seen Henry. it so much where he's I know, I know. Danny I Henry's think I'm a, out. He's another guy with loads of injuries to his name. That's the problem with Danny yeah, Henry. Yeah, and that's what pisses yeah. me off. He's a bit like Davy Grant, a bit like uh, you know, whoever, but Leonardo Sanchez, I think he wins that fight against Bogotov. Bogusov, I think he's too inexperienced for a forty-year-old guy. He just hasn't. That lost being him said, he could years. kill him. That being, he, he could just be. He could be the one. Listen, he could, but I, I don't see it being that. No, case. I don't see uh, it either. I don't see it either. Tybora versus Romanov. I mean, that's... I'm not looking forward to that. No, it's a tough one to call. Well, Romanov is a champion in Europe, and he wins by stoppage. But they're all like against opponents that you're never gonna see ever again. That's the problem. And Tybora, I mean. He got one when he had Sergei Spivak, I think it was in, earlier this year or something like that. And I mean, he's very up and down in his career, but I'd probably see Tybora winning. Um, I don't see a fat guy from Europe really. Come on, I think he's just a numbers guy. He's there to make up the fights uh, and whatever. Um, Zuma Gulov and Pervia, I wouldn't want to speculate. I don't know either of them well enough to say that, but yeah, it, it, that just looks like it'd be a fun little scrap. Mello versus Carol Rosa. I mean, do we need <laughs> do we need a prediction on that? 
I mean, Rosa. Mello, I'll go Rosa. Oh, I was going Mello just for experience. Um, and also, she's got, a, she's got a snap that two-fight losing streak. So, I'm oh. just going to go with her by way of needing to get the win. Uh, and Martha Davis is Davy Grant. Why Why There's no way I'm picking against Davy Grant. Very, oh, David, boy. very similar records. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I just see David Grant picking up a win here. I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully, it's a good fun fight to uh, kick off the card anyway. But, uh, yeah, we're... Yeah, we'll be watching it live if I can make it. I can't. I I literally get halfway through these cards now and I'm done. Um, big old Jesse. Yeah, I am. I'm a big old man now. But uh, look, anything else you want to bring up? Are we? Uh, no, I mean of- the only thing I could say is related to MMA is uh, this week Brock Lesnar, along with a oh, few other sh- WWE guys. He was showing his peen. Yes, he's been flashing a 75-year-old woman. Um, she's not 75, but she was old even then. She was in her 40s then. Uh, and at, least not, at least it's not a child. She said that she was walking past the changing room and he just got his cock out. I was like, what do you think to that or whatever? Now, first of all, that's not sexual harassment. That is a I'm not being, going into the semantics. No, Phil. <laughs> That is a bloke being a bloke, and you know that full well. I'm not. <laughs> I would not. I'm not. <laughs> no, look, come on. How many blokes do you know that just got the knob out for no reason? I mean, yeah, ridiculous fair, amount. So, yeah. that, unless he went up to him and said, do you want to touch it? Do you want to do whatever? I'm not taking that as a, an assault. That's just a bloke being a twat. That's what I'm going to go as. But what I will say is, we are horrified as people to find out that wrestlers are not only steroid abusing overly masculine thick human beings but whoever was shocked by that knowledge needs a fucking slap around the head because they've always been misogynistic vile steroid abusing well it's fucking whatever i mean we're supposed to be they're carny, it's carny behavior like carnival it, worker that's behavior. what they are that's what they are yeah. but it's a no final point you know there's a word we could use here with it begins with a p and ends with a y I'm not going to say it because people of your culture might get a bit upset. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just saying. How dare you? I'm out of here. Listen, you're all... It rhymes with Mikey. I'll just say that. All right? It rhymes with Mikey. <laughs> right. It's very, right. very Mikey behaviour. No, um, I, I... See, I don't... I haven't followed pro wrestling closely in about maybe 10 years. But I'd seen there was like a purge list and I kind of went through some of it, and I was like, "Holy shit!" So this is, another one. If this is if this is uh, if this is what they're getting up to. My God! So another one that has been uh, been you know had allegations is a guy called Matt Riddle. Do you remember Matt Riddle in the UFC? I don't know yeah. if you were watching it then. It was- I remember. I only actually seen his press conference against Stan Hardy came up and my suggested. Yeah, so Matt Riddle was actually a very good fighter, um, very underrated. Got released from the UFC. Do you know why? Not because he had a losing record. Because he got caught smoking weed. Mm. Oh, he got yeah, banned yeah, for weed that. and then... There was murder left. over that. Ridiculous. I mean, utterly ridiculous. But he went into WWE and he apparently is one of the worst for these allegations. He's been, you know, like subjecting boy. women to some serious mental, psychological issues as well. And I think... You know, it's. I think we're starting to learn over this time, Phil. And the problem I have with it all is, 
you know, we talked a little bit last week about Black Lives Matter and all these kind of things. We're seeing the world wanting to be a better place, but no one's doing anything about it, you know, and this is what we're kind of living in these times now. And when does it go too far? You know, when do we, like the Brock Lesnar thing, I mean, that to me is just being an idiot. That's not an assault. You're going to give me the richer case. It was just banter. No, but yeah, it was just banter. Look, let's just face it. We can, we can, we can go over this shit all we want. With the t- fine we're t- joking. T- we're joking. We're joking. Allegedly. Just have to um, say yeah, yeah. Uh, but w- when do we go too far, you know? When do we say, okay, so Brock Lesnar, are we going to cancel him because he was a twat and flashed his knob? No, he was in his mid-twenties. He was earning millions of dollars and he thought he was fucking untouchable. He made a mistake. Love. It is what it is. I'd say one point just, and then we'll, we, we will go, right? Um, I just think with a lot of these cancellations, like a lot of them can be justified, if, you know, um, but a lot of them kind of, the ones that come up from years and years and years ago, like you just take the fact from anybody, you just take someone's ability away from them. They may, like they're, they could be a completely different person. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't think like I did 10 years ago. Do you know what I mean? Thank God. No, I mean, fuck me. I, I've said so this a thousand times. if you just crop videos and images and stuff like that and just put it out there just to make someone look like they're a vile, horrendous person, you know, you're just taking that person's ability and right to kind of grow and develop as a person. And to yeah. be honest, I don't, I don't agree with it. Um, but then, I mean, if you, like, if it, if it turns out that it's proven people are doing that, like the crystal, like the crystalier stuff that came out, which is really damning looking, again, you know, they're just the you know, we we have sums. to again, we have to kind of have a cutoff point though, don't we? Because there's no evidence to suggest like the crystalier thing going to tell us. No evidence to suggest that he actually did anything with these underage girls, right? It's very, very likely he did, but again, yeah. like Again, you... but that that's a one-sided report. If you look at his side of it, that's because he released emails after that showed that she said, I'm not 18. He went, well, sorry, I'm out. So like, it's, it's so easy for people to go, oh, yeah, it's proven. Well, it's not because they're giving you a certain, like you're saying, they cut a little bit of that conversation. They send that in and go, look at how much of an animal it is. I've seen... The that we have. There's a... Everything's out of context. There is a, there is a Twitter, though, that went into detail, and it like for him, it doesn't look good. Oh, he's because they, he's no, Yeah, but it looks kind of bad and predatory. But it's called, um, I think, She Rates Dogs. Yeah, Just, I read all that. I'd advise, I'd advise you to give that a look. But look, any, no, anyway... No, look, because that's I'm not talking. I'm not talking... I'm not talking about that. I'm done. I'm out of here. That's been episode 36 of the What Is The Crack podcast. Signing out. Enjoy the fights. UFC 251. What a card. Bye.